بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وألحقنا بعبادك الصالحين أما بعد الحمد لله in tonight's Salat al-Taraweeh the first and opening chapter that was recited was a very famous and well-known surah, Surah Al-Mulk and regarding this surah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned many virtues. One is that Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated that he wished that Surah Al-Mulk be in the heart of every believer. And this is why we find, again I say, our parents and grandparents perhaps, they didn't know much information with regards to the aspects of deen. But in their practical lives, they would be reciting Surah Yasin, they would be reciting Surah Al-Mulk, Tabarak. And this is something we know of, but we don't practice on it. Amongst the names of this Surah is Surah Al-Waqiyah. The meaning of Waqiyah is the protector. It is also known as Al-Munjiyah, the helper. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a hadith narrated by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says that uh, there is a Surah which comprises of 30 verses. And if a person recites the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, will protect him from the fitna of the qabr. And the surah will intercede for this person and have him removed from Jahannam and entered into Jannah. And this surah is Mulk. So we find in the opening uh, chapter, the opening verses of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of the purpose of our existence in this world. He says, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created خَلَقَ الْمَوْتِ He created death وَالْحَيَاةَ and life لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ to test you. The life of this world is a test. And this is why the poet says beautifully in Arabic ثَمَانِيَةٌ تَجْرِي عَلَى النَّاسِ كُلِّهِمِ وَلَا بُدَّ لِلْإِنسَانِ يَلْقَ الثَّمَانِيَةِ There are eight things which passes in the life of every person and every person will experience it. سُرُورٌ وَحُزْنٌ وَاجْتِمَاعٌ وَفُرْقَةٌ وَعُسْرٌ وَيُسْرٌ ثُمَّ سُقْمٌ وَعَافِيَةٌ He says سُرُورٌ وَحُزْنٌ Every person will experience happiness sometimes in his life. Sometimes. Some people more, some less. سُرُورٌ وَحُزْنٌ And there will be sadness. And the moments of sadness actually teach us the haqiqah of the value of this dunya. When a person loses someone or you lose something of your possessions or a person you love passed away, that is the time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens to you the true value of this world because it doesn't matter how much of the world is presented to you in a material way, how much wealth is presented, that loved one can never come back. So, sururun wa huznun. Happiness and sadness, this is experienced by everyone. It might differ some more and some less. Wajtima'un wa furqatun. Sometimes we get together and we're having a gathering and we're happy, and then that happiness will have to come to an end. Furqatun, we'll have to separate and disperse. So the month of Ramadan came and we were congregating. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that we still congregate for the five daily salawat and for salatul jumu'ah promptly. But this type of gathering is going to come to an end at the end of the month of Ramadan. This type of gathering of Salatul Taraweeh and the masjid being alive all the time and constant ibadah and people forcing themselves to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
that will lessen. Sometimes we be together and sometimes we have to separate. You study in an institute for many years with your colleagues and the day you graduate, everybody moves on their own. And sometimes you find, the ulama say, that with happiness you find sadness. It's mixed. This dunya is like a mixture of everything. So, uh, a girl is getting married at the nikah, but her father is crying. So it's a moment of happiness for her. She's happy and she's sad also. And he's happy that his daughter is getting married and he's sad. Only the groom is happy. He doesn't have any sadness. So one of my teachers, very beautiful, always, he always gives this example. And it's an example which, which really affected uh, you know, the listeners and the students to understand the reality of this dunya. And it's a simple example. And I always give this example and I remind myself of it. He said the example of this dunya is like a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee is simply, not talking of the fancy coffees, I'm talking of a simple cup of coffee, comprises of four basic ingredients, water, milk, sugar, and coffee. Okay. You make it in one cup and they all seem to be mixed. But that one cup of coffee is an indication that four ingredients exist independently. It's a proof that you get sugar separately and that there is water which exists separately. Now it doesn't look like water. This is proof that milk exists independently and separately, but now it doesn't look like pure milk. Right? And coffee exists independently. So similarly in our life we have got these eight conditions which come. Sometimes happiness, sometimes sadness, sometimes we together, sometimes we separate. Then the, the fifth thing is وَعُسْرٌ وَيُسْرٌ difficulty and ease and then sickness and, and health and safety from sickness so we find in this life all these things happen but these are all indications that there must be a place where happiness exists independently there must be a place where misery and sadness exist independently the place where happiness exists in, independently and perpetually is Jannah and the place where sadness, misery, grief, separation, and depression exist independently is Jahannam. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, when the people of Jannah will be enjoying something of Jannah, they will be told, You had something similar to this in the dunya. If you're having a fruit in, in Jannah, you will be told, remember there was something similar to it. It was to remind you that the conditions of this dunya is to remind you that there's a place where something better than this exists. If it makes you happy, there is an independent place of happiness, which is Jannah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us in this life, respective brothers. And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu beautifully says, dunya ayyam, the life of this world, comprises of three days. amsin mada, ma minhu One is yesterday, the days that have passed. You do not have control of any of those days. You cannot change anything that you did besides repent for mistakes that you made. ما بيدك منه شيء ويوم غد فلا تدري ما الله صانع بك and you have the day of tomorrow the future which lies ahead but you do not know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept in store for you for the future will we see the next day ويوم انت فيه فاغتنمه and today we have the moment of now so take advantage of that moment Allah has given us life now Take advantage of it. Let us not procrastinate and delay. We say, okay, inshallah, when I get older, I'll change my life. 
and I'll become a better person. I'll stop doing the wrong that I'm doing. Delaying sometimes is one of the worst forms of deprivation. And the famous story of that person who met Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Hajj. Before Hijrah, his name was Maysara. He met Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, he was convinced with the message of, of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But he wanted to consult with his family and his tribe. He went to them in Mina and he said, I met this man, he doesn't look like a liar, he sounds very honest and truthful and he's got this message. So they said, let's think about it. As they went along, he said, please let us go back and just accept his message. So he came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, at least you accept my invitation. He said, oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, let me speak again to them. And it so happened that they delayed and they left. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make hijrah to Medina Munawwara. So now when they came back, obviously the following years, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not there. After seven or eight years, he comes to Medina Munawwara and he says, Ya Rasulullah, do you recognize me? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, yes, you are Maysara. We met in Mina many years ago. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, so he came to embrace Islam at that day, on that day. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, what happened to that clan, the people you were consulting with and you said they're gonna, he said, oh Nabi of Allah, that time they said, okay, we understand and we believe that his message might be uh, the correct message, but we'll come back next year and we'll see. Now Hajj is coming every year, so just delay one more year. Delay one more year. And they were deprived of Iman, they died in the state of Kufr without Iman. So he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where are they, O Nabi of Allah? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reached them, so therefore they are in the fire of Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, respected brothers. So when Allah puts in the heart the desire to do something, don't delay. If you feel like doing something, you feel like giving sadaqah, give that sadaqah. If you feel like doing something good, do not delay it for tomorrow. We do not know what's going to happen. At least when we're doing it, we're showing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we appreciate that tawfiq that he has given us to do that particular good. In the second surah, in Surah Al-Qalam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us and he speaks to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about his lofty character. And most certainly you are upon a very noble and mighty character. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa character is titled as Azim, great, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was when uh, a person amongst the mushrikeen, uh, he called Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam various abusive names. And he said that he is majnoon, na'udhu billahi, he is insane. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make sabr. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded in the same surah by, by highlighting the defects of this particular person. This is why the, the ulama say when somebody shows disrespect to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we need to express our disapproval and we have to oppose it very, very uh, tactfully. But also know very well that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself will take care of those people who hurl abuses at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was such that he himself said, Amongst the purposes for which I was sent to this world, الأخلاق, I was sent to complete and perfect beautiful character. Amongst the people of Jahiliya, yes, they were very ignorant. And there was infanticide, they would bury their daughters alive. And various types of ignorance. But they also had good qualities. There was generosity in them. 
And this is why famous people like Hatim Al-Ta'i, the famous uh, uh, generous nobleman of the, of the Arabs, was before Rasulullah constantly people would be eating at their homes. Generosity was something which featured in them. So whatever was good in the, the practices of the Arabs of that time, Nabi Sallallahu said, I came to take it to the next level of perfection. So generosity to the next level of perfection. If there was bravery in them, the, the people of the Quraysh and the Arabs, they had bravery within them. Nabi Sallallahu channeled that bravery towards, towards steadfastness on deen. If there was any good quality that they had, Nabi Sallallahu turned it towards the deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Amongst his, his, his qualities, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik says, I served Nabi for 10 years and he did not ever say to me, why did you do this, why didn't you do that? And he was a 10-year-old boy. He says, once Nabi sent me to do something and I went along and I forgot, I started playing with the children. So I, after some while I saw Nabi standing nearby me and he said, Anas, he just said Anas. And without reprimanding, without rebuking, without beating him, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa displayed this type of character with even small children. And Sayyidina Jabir radiallahu says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in his life never uttered no to somebody if they needed something. If anybody ever needed, whatever debts he incurred in his lifetime was to fulfill the needs of others. If it was not for, they say, if it was not for the tashahud, when we say, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, la comes in your kalima. If it was not for that, then generally Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wasn't in a habit of saying no. If somebody asked him, in fact, one sahabi saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wearing a beautiful shirt. He said, Oh Nabi of Allah, what a nice shirt you have. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam removed the shirt and gave it to him. Who of us have that type of generosity? That a person likes something that you have, we say, Jazakallah, may Allah give you also one. You know, but just keep it there. I, I, I appreciate your compliment, but just leave it there. Not, nothing further than that. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would take it to the next level of generosity. In the same surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions an incident of uh, a family, a few brothers, a few sons of a particular individual. This, the father had a very good quality of uh, when harvesting his crops and getting all his crops and dates ready you know, for, to, to, to benefit from, whether it be to sell or to personally benefit from, before partaking or using any of it, he would allow the poor to come into his property and also take some of the produce which grows in his garden or in his farm. So the father, this was continuously his habit, the father died and the sons they benefited now in the estate from the land of their father. And then the sons thought to themselves, hey, our father, okay, he had this habit, but it doesn't mean we've got to do the same. If he was giving all this stuff for free, we can, we can make a profit. Why should we allow all these poor people to come and, and uh, benefit from what we can sell in the marketplace and benefit? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the plan they were making, that we will go and collect all our produce at the time uh, when before the, the poor people come, and by the time they come, there'll be nothing there, so they'll have to just go empty-handed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed the entire, the entire produce and the entire land, and all their crops were destroyed in such a way it burnt, to the extent that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said they couldn't even identify where their land was. As they were walking, they were saying, hey, wasn't it somewhere here that we had, it looked, 
But everything was burnt beyond recognition. And this is how sometimes uh, we deprive ourselves. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us something, or our parents might have been doing something, or there is some tradition in our family of doing some type of good, it is the children's duty that they should maintain that. They should ensure that they carry the legacy of their parents. The good that the parents are doing, they should continue doing that. This is a sign of, of shukr and gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many times we make promises or people make promises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I get this, I'm going to do this. Allah, I'll give charity here and I'll do this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes people, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ عَاهَدَ اللَّهِ لَإِنْ آتَانَ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ لَنَصَّدَّقًا That, oh Allah, when you give us of your fadl and your, and your favor and your, your bounty, we will give charity and sadaqah. There was a person who came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said, oh Nabi of Allah, make dua that my wealth increases. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged him to be content with what he has and he insisted and dua was made for him. And then suddenly the flock that he had began to grow and grow and he was staying very near to the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So because of the size of his flock, he was unable to stay close to Medina. He needed to move to the outskirts of Medina. So now he was no longer coming to the masjid five times a day. So sometimes we ask for something, but we don't realize there's a subtle form of deprivation in what we're asking. We think it's good, but we are being deprived from some, of something much greater. A person can have a few sheep, but he's performing five times salah behind Rasulullah wasallam. Now he's got 500 sheep but he is performing one salah, perhaps Jumu'ah, behind Rasulullah sallallahu And then it became so much that that area couldn't contain his, his flock and his cattle, so he moved out of Medina. And then Rasulullah sallallahu sent a person to him to remind him that a year has passed and he, need to discharge, he needs to discharge his zakah. So when the messenger came to him, he said, what is this, you're taxing us now? Na'udhu billah. And zakah is not a tax. Zakah is the right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in your wealth for the poor in that wealth which Allah gave to you. Two and a half percent Allah told, instructed you to give to his other servants and the remaining, uh, the balance of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has allowed you to use and, part, and partake from. So when he said this, the messenger returned to Rasulullah sallallahu and told Nabi sallallahu this is what he said, that we're being taxed. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very disappointed. He came afterwards and he said, no, no, you can take the zakah. You know, many times people do that. They, if a person is asking them, there's a beggar asking for something, we first shout at the person and they say, okay, take this. That is, that is not sadaqah. Allah says, لا تبطلوا صدقاتكم بالمن والأذى Don't destroy your sadaqah by hurting the feelings of the person you're assisting. So you're giving, you first give you a long lecture and why don't you get a job and why are you wasting people's time here? Or I just take this. That is not charity by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You just destroyed whatever reward you were about to get. So, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam refused to accept the zakah of this person. In the khilafah of Sayyidina Abu Bakr, two years after Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away, this person came now with, he said, I want to give my zakah. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam refused to accept your zakah. I'm not going to accept your zakah. In the khilafah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he came again. Sayyidina Umar also refused. So when we, when we make an undertaking and we promise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala something, let us try to follow through, let us try to keep that promise. And when we fall short, repent and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Respected brothers, we should make determinations now. The month of Ramadan is coming to an end for the next year which is lying ahead. I always say, Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah says, there, are, there were people in the ummah that they used to prepare for Ramadan six months before. And after Ramadan, the next six months, they're pondering over the mistakes they made in the previous Ramadan so that they don't repeat it the next Ramadan. We don't know if you're going to see the next Ramadan. 
So let us at least use this Ramadan to change our lives completely, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the understanding and tawfiq to practice on what was said. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما جهلنا وذكرنا ما نسينا وزدنا علما ونعوذ بك من حال أهل النار اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين الحمد لله رب العالمين